Podcast? Are we gonna? Yeah. Put this on cassettes and and distri- leave, leave <laughs> distribute the, them. By yeah, the leave tradition. them in the CBGB's bathroom. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> oh God, yeah. We could just walk around the neighborhood handing them out and then demanding money when people take them. Hey, you like positive <laughs> podcasts? <laughs> yeah. All right, welcome to the show, everybody. I'm your host Asher Lack. With me are my co-hosts, Dr. Alan Sussman. Sup. Sam Lazarus. And today in our fourth chair is our lawyer and old high school friend, Raph Ruttenberg, ESQ. <laughs> I'm just here to make sure everything is legal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, guys God. Been, you guys are on thin, a- on thin fucking ice <laughs> on this podcast. So... <laughs> So uh, the so Matrix. welcome to the podcast. <laughs> welcome we to Pod Jerks. That we just talked about. <laughs> Wait, Pod Jerks is the title. Yeah, that Pod is Jerks the is the name title. of the show. Holy it's crap. a working it's title. Good, right? It's yeah, a working good. title. Do you guys know how how averse I am to podcasts? No, I don't listen to podcasts. Well, now you will. <laughs> yeah, now you will. Is there like a podcast that we are you know beefing with? Like, do we have a rival? No, are they're we like all good. Ch- are we like Chapo Trap this House American rivals. <laughs> like we talk shit about them. Yeah, yeah. I think this American Ira Glass Life, we're this coming American, for you. This American Life like, and <laughs> cereal. Yeah, I could definitely, I could definitely Life, be like, cereal. Yeah, I'm gonna drink blood from the skull of uh, Sarah Koenig. <laughs> <laughs> that would be an interesting series for cereal. <laughs> Who, Who murdered, murdered me? <laughs> 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 that's not funny i saw asher do it, but <laughs> did he actually do it <laughs> all right yeah so today we're here to talk about the was it 1999 this yeah. movie came out okay yeah. so we're coming yeah. up on the 20th anniversary of this um yeah, 1999 totally movie it. written and directed right. by the wachowski or wachowski brothers i never know how to pronounce Sisters. it should i break down the plot of this movie <laughs> I think what the, movie are we talking about the matrix <laughs> i think more so than any other movie we've talked about so far we really don't need to break down the plot. So for those of you who haven't <laughs> seen this movie, yeah. um, maybe you're 12, maybe you're 10 years old, maybe, maybe you're years old. Maybe <laughs> yeah. you're in jail. <laughs> yeah, maybe you've been I mean, locked up. <laughs> maybe you're religiously opposed to watching movies. Yeah. <laughs> so, you want to explain the plot of the movie? Um, yeah. Okay. So, you're basically just one dude. <laughs> Yeah, Alan, do you? I like this your plot breakdowns dude. a lot more than mine. Yeah. You're just like, there's God. a guy. He's, he's he does a dude. thing. He's definitely God. a dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can all agree that yeah. he's a dude. This is one of my favorite things about this was I remember seeing the sequel to this with you, Raph, and oh. and in the middle of the movie, you turned to me and you were just like, "This excellent adventure is rapidly becoming a bogus journey." <laughs> 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 don't remember that's that. a hot yeah. take as well. yeah. I forgot how bad of an actor Keanu Reeves is really I had the opposite experience what? interesting yeah. discuss this guys Okay, yeah, let's, <laughs> let's hit the shit here let's go so, let's so Keanu Reeves basically plays a, a computer programmer named is it John Tom, Anderson Thomas. it's Thomas Thomas Anderson Thomas de- Anderson the world yeah. Is that oh yeah? Is and that Anderson a thing? is son of man also. Yeah. Oh god! He's, so he's <laughs> Jesus and he's Thomas actually. Oh nice, good yeah. job. Okay, so yeah, so Thomas Anderson. Um, he we're gonna get into this a little bit later, but like the the way in which he sort of like presages the kind of like incel Reddit like computer loner is it's pretty really frightening. I just this. keep wanting because because <laughs> I was shocked. It was like, you know, imagine if you were watching some movie from 20 years ago and it like perfectly predicted a kind of point of view that later became such a defining thing in the culture right now. Right. Like Karate Kid. 
It's also like maybe it's me putting my old man hat on, but it does seem. I don't want to like tell artists how to make art, but somewhat irresponsible to be like there's this you know control this society that's controlling you and anyone who is you know a part of that in any way is the enemy and then he just goes and kills a bunch and then neo just goes and kills a bunch of them yeah that's right. true that is really <laughs> interesting yeah looking back do you have the same now you're espousing about... some fascist points of view alan yeah. i feel like I, i'm like i really like what you're saying <laughs> <laughs> do you have the same complaints about fight club well, actually, in Fight Club, no one dies, right? I think. I mean, in theory, Meatloaf dies. <laughs> I'm uh, serious. Yeah, he gets shot by the cop. That's true. Oh, right. Uh, but yeah, it's it's. I think that they're a little bit less hostile to people who are outside of their point of view in Fight Club. Well, what about yeah. like you know you, we could just lump in so much stuff from the same era. Like, what about the X Files and like the yeah. like yeah extensive paranoia and the and the the vast lying government and yeah. it's like how is how is this not the the tree from which the poison fruit of infowars grew yeah, yeah. How is it well, not? that's that's what i'm saying i mean like, that was what was me, it's not that was what was mind blowing to me because it's like one of those things where when we were watching this movie when it came out it just sort of slipped right under our radar like that was just something like yeah of course like the establishment lies to us who gives a shit but it's like there are people who took that and were like, oh, no, I took yeah, that. Yeah, and the reasons for that you could write a fucking book about. But like Alex Jones, if you are listening to this or if this is being <laughs> beamed directly into your brain or however you get your information. Seems like I've it. got this I feeling know. in the back of my face. <laughs> <laughs> I used to get an opera station in there, but now I just get hardcore truth from the planet Remulon. <laughs> Folks, I am a Christian. <laughs> I think we have to have a no impressions rule. Yeah, I think for those of you who haven't heard my John McCain impression. Okay, (laughs) what was Raph saying? Time the release of this appropriately to for respect to the (laughs) to the to the corpse of Alex Jones that may we all line up to spit on. Mm, We should all be so lucky. Yeah. Um, I feel like you make your John your John McCain impression every episode. <laughs> I think and then it's, we always tell you it's terrible. It's oh, I always and it cut also it. always gets cut. <laughs> yeah, it's just like no, this isn't <laughs> going to work out. Takes episode. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. We we should do a clip show. Yeah. <laughs> so I I don't know. Can we go back to why Alan thinks Keanu Reeves is you know <laughs> a not a actor. good actor, maybe yeah. not the finest actor of his generation. That's what <laughs> somehow do you want to go back? Thinks he's you know modern, <laughs> modern Lawrence Olivier. I feel like you've exaggerated. <laughs> yeah, maybe you guys <laughs> don't understand that he was in a movie called The Lake House. <laughs> And it was wonderful. I just, I just think he plays the role really well. Like, so yeah. I yeah. Mean, if you just uh, look at Bill and Ted and The Matrix, he doesn't seem like a very good actor. But like, if you watch John Wick, he's not playing the same role. I mean, you you might argue he's not a great actor, but he definitely plays this role really well. I think. I think it's. I don't think so. Because you feel like he's wooden and he doesn't emote a lot, and it's like the dramatic takes are really not that dramatic. Right. But yeah. but as I was watching last night, I had the feeling that like that's not an accident. He's supposed to be milk toast. He's supposed to be some random dude who just was chosen by, you know, the forces of fate. Well, also, right. he's like the 12th iteration man. of and that every dude. man. Every exactly. Man. Yeah. It's in his fucking name. Like, that's the point. He's supposed to be everybody. He's supposed to be unremarkable. And have like these incredible powers. Yeah, but then there's the trope of the everyman and the unremarkability, and there's actually like every man, you know, people who are 
multi-dimensional <laughs> you know like it is yeah. possible i mean like yeah so i mean if it's a medieval morality play and like you know it's like you know jonathan christendom you know who's being like right. you know attacked by saracens that's that's one thing but like <laughs> you know this is a, a movie and we can take the idea the thought that characters in movies are at least reminiscent of real people yeah but i mean a lot of the themes of this movie are like what is real what are real people what does that even mean like these people have basically been written by machines right all their memories are potentially fake all their right okay so so, so that's my so point. maybe we're in the matrix <laughs> we <laughs> i mean I, I think we are i think we've established we, like 20 we, minutes of recording okay so we can talk about that and I, maybe we should push that off to later on or maybe we should discuss it now so for those of you who haven't seen the movie basically uh, Keanu Reeves, who plays like a sort of milk toast computer programmer who's a loner and doesn't really connect to anyone, but has this very vivid online life where he like codes every night and like goes to he weirdo. He does computer crime. Yeah, he does computer crime, which Anonymous I was wondering like, he spends his yeah. life computer in computers. D- he does scene, computer crime. That scene where they pay him that cash and he gives them a floppy disk. Uh, a <laughs> mini disk. A mini disk. Please. She's like, dude, this is a dope recording I got of uh, something off the radio. I mean, it's, clearly, <laughs> it's clearly software. Yeah, but I was like, what is it? What kind of nice? I guess you could give someone software that would help them like hack a bank or yeah. something like that. Okay, yeah. I, I or, wanted to ask I mean, you that. I've thought about that a few times actually. It could be just like, you know, a fifteen gigabyte password hash lookup table, right? Which would take months to generate and is really handy to have when you're trying to brute force a password. For instance. I don't know if that would go for $2,000, but there's stuff to, like You're that. trying to brute force what? Passwords. Oh. Also, yeah. like that scene, everything that guy says is foreshadowing, which I actually thought yeah. was kind of cool. He goes, yeah. you're my own personal Jesus Christ. Oh, nice. And then he says, you need to unplug. Oh, yeah. And then he says, uh, masculine is the only way to fly. <laughs> wait, those are like three sentences in a row. Yeah. So you're that guy saying says. That, uh, that masculine is a metaphor for understanding the matrix? No. no, it's just that there's another way to fly there's and another. it's understanding that you're oh, in a computer simulation. So Thomas Anderson uh, gets contacted by Morpheus, played by... Um, Lawrence Fishburne. Thank you. I always want to say Larry Fishburne because that's how he's credited <laughs> in, Larry, Larry, in, Larry, in Larry Nightmare Fishburne. on Elm Street. Yeah. <laughs> Have you Larry guys, Fishbone. Larry is short for Lawrence. Yeah, I know. Yeah. He's, so anyway. <laughs> but for, for Larry. What? Oh, yeah, accurate. So it, the name of his character is... The Morpheus, right? <laughs> like, he, I thought because he like changes shape the most, like he morphs the most, so he's the, the Morpheus. No. I think All right, it's been a while. Be I, wa- I watched the Turkish dub, so I didn't really like, <laughs> understand yeah. a lot. I know Raf showed up and was like, was like, <laughs> like saw Alan and I taking out our notes and was like, oh, I didn't watch the movie. <laughs> I'm busy. I take notes now. Should um, we also just? Briefly mentioned that I wrote my senior thesis on this movie in high school. In high school? High school. Blew my mind. Yeah. Blew my mind. But this movie is pretty mind-blowing. And the effects were amazing for the time. The, yeah. yeah. They have not... Some of them have not aged that well. Yeah. Some of yeah. them. Yeah, the wire work still looks great, but the... Yeah. The even, even the CGI stuff, like... I was sort of, I was like, I would forgive how bad this looks on a small screen if we watched it on a larger screen. Like, in the subsequent, the sequels, the CGI work is terrible. But I think... Sequels? Yeah, <laughs> don't spoiler, worry about spoiler it. Spoiler alert, they made sequels. <laughs> yeah. Um, we gotta watch those. Yeah, don't. Dude, we gotta watch how could they those? possibly be anything but the best movies? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. God. So, so we were like, we were imagining 
we were talking about and imagining like the the summer out the summer when this movie came out we'd all seen it what the sequels would be like yeah and this is pre-internet so like somebody heard somehow that the sequels were being made and we said this is what's going to happen you know and we we hashed out scenarios and i think that <laughs> what we came up with was so much better than what our, <laughs> I mean, our version was like a million but, times better but like how could it not be better well i mean i, mean, I just remember i remember getting there getting to getting in the theater having a lot of anticipation and this is when i still was like excited about going to see a movie which i don't <laughs> now you're happened. just like a jaded like, just like oh god like, I hope why this am i horrible. outside of my house i hope i don't finish my raisinets before it's over <laughs> um so who we, buys raisinets i do i love them um <laughs> yeah, that's I the most. Whoppers. <laughs> <laughs> the, they, the whoppers that they sell at the movie theater. Yeah, yeah, those are the best. I like paying ten. Do you, 10 do, you do so? You go to the Burger King outside <laughs> the movie theater. Do you put the whoppers in your pockets. Yeah, no, I they put them in a in a. I hide it in my coat. Matches, and I did see Terminator, uh, Judgment Day, <laughs> to or the extreme. Terminator, whatever. One of the Terminator series, we snuck in. Two forties each in our pants somehow. <laughs> into a somehow. somehow, do you remember pants back then? They were bigger. Yeah, yeah, in your Jenkos. But you know, this is like this is my favorite stories. It's like we were very furtively drinking them, like while the movie's going on, and the screen flashes, and there's like you, it's one of those things where it like lights up the whole theater, and I like happen to glance around, like everybody's fucking drinking forties. <laughs> <40s. laughs> like, basically, the whole movie theater's getting drunk, just like <laughs> wasted. <laughs> yeah, just everyone's hammered and drinking like fucking forties, oh, and nice. we're like, oh, I guess we can do this a little more obviously then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, the nineties. Yeah. So. Brooklyn. Yeah. <laughs> Simpler time. So yeah, in um in the movie, basically, uh, Neo gets contacted by this quote known terrorist Morpheus, played by still, Lawrence Fishburne. Are you still doing the plot break? Yeah, now? dude. I know. This How is can any? Why would there. anyone not have? Okay, seen sorry. this movie? I'm sorry. Please Some continue. people. Okay, so thank you, Sam. Some, some people. Some of our fans only watch rom coms. <laughs> yeah, some of our and fans. And this podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah and listen to some reason. Because they there's work a, shitty jobs and they want to feel like they're hanging out with people. And if you're listening wow. to this and that's how you want to feel, you are hanging out with us. Yeah, so, so essentially, <laughs> um, Morpheus offers uh, Keanu Reeves a choice um, to take the blue pill or the red pill, which we will talk about later. Because it's your favorite thing. Oh, God. Yeah. And uh, this leads Keanu Reeves to discover that he's actually a power source within a giant uh, robotic framework called the Matrix, where his brain is plugged into a sort of collective, uh, I don't know, simulation? simulation. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. A collective simulation um, that everybody in there foolishly considers reality. And now he and Morpheus's ragtag band of outlaws are going to free as many people as they can in their war against their cyber the machines <laughs> which oh god did you guys sam just tried to drink his microphone Don't and then <laughs> realized <laughs> that it wasn't his beer shut <laughs> up i love you Don't tell anyone we're drinking Jerk. beer yeah yeah, cut that. yeah. <laughs> oh god i don't want anybody to know yeah <clears throat> okay yeah so i'm not drinking i'm drinking tea yeah i'm drinking tea as well yeah we gotta yeah. stay tight stay on point some um, people are hungover here, so yeah. It was it was Sam's birthday yesterday. Which when you said that no, you watched this movie, what was, was your birthday not party? Sam's birthday yesterday. Oh yeah. It's not my um, it was your birthday, birthday party. Soon. Yeah. When, when you said you watched this movie last night, I was like, after we all left the party, I can yep. cannot imagine you being like, Sophie, wake up! It's the scene where Neo is in the lobby. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually when I woke up. Nice. So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So 
I don't know. What did you guys want to talk about in this movie? I, I had some questions for Alan about artificial intelligence. I wanted to sort of talk about that a little. Let's I wanted that. to talk about Alan and I discussed this briefly. Um, when Neo does, does he catch a bullet or does he pluck, <laughs> does he pluck the bullet out of the air? He plucks because the bullet out of the air. That's yeah. not catching. No. He stops the bullets and then he plucks yeah, them out of the air. He might say he caught them with his mind. Like that oh, he stopped them. I hadn't thought of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. So you might make that argument <laughs> if you wanted to be wise <laughs> I think he catches it. Even though it's not moving, it's suspended in air. Does it count as catching, I think, is the... Why are was we this an this argument question? you guys had? Yeah, yeah it was, yeah, because, it was oh, Raph God. said something about catching bullets. Like that he catches bullets, and I was like, he never catches a bullet. <laughs> actually, Alan, the way Alan said this was, he doesn't actually catch a bullet. <laughs> <laughs> Technically speaking, that never happens in the film. <laughs> um, yeah, so so I wanted to ask Alan, because I, I thought that there was like not a huge plot hole necessarily in the movie, but it, the movie postulates basically that at some point, there's an artificial intelligence that mankind has celebrated creating, and that the artificial intelligence, for whatever reason, which if you watch the Animatrix, they kind of explain why it does this. I think it's kind of cool that they leave it unsaid in the movie. Yeah, um, yeah and there's, and you know, I think that that sort of contributes to the sort of depth of the world that they build in it. Is that there's so clearly a story before this story begins, and there's so clearly stories to the left and right of where this story is taking place. And I kind mm-hmm. of want to sort of hang out in all of those places. I want to see like everything that's happening, and that's really well, interesting yeah, that's to me. Good point. You should watch the Animatrix. I, I have watched the Animatrix. And play the games, and it's fine. But I kind of, I at the same time, like as much as I wanted to see those places and go to those places, I was happy that they didn't do that. You know, in like the movie. In the movie, yeah. or uh, yeah, I I was like, it's like oh, I want to go there. Don't make me go there because I'm going to be bored. You know, like don't don't take me there. Yeah, don't take yeah. me to a place where I've already seen more than I wanted to see. Leave me wanting a little bit more. Yeah, it's good. Um, it's sort of perfect. Well, yeah, world building. Yeah. yeah, world world. Building. Yeah, which world, is like world, you know, world, I mean, that was my world, complaint world. about like Rogue One. It's so, interesting. <laughs> what I was wondering about was basically just like it seemed really inefficient to me. That like the machines don't have a collective intelligence. It's not a hive mind, right? Like the, like the machine mind of the Matrix is actually made up of discrete machines. Like each of the agents is a separate entity. They have a point of view. Uh, you know, the Sentinels that are the robots in the real world that attack Morpheus's ship are guided by a central computer, but essentially they have, it's not like the Sentinel has, yeah, exactly. They have autonomy. They don't, they don't have the mind of, and I was like, that seemed not inefficient to me, but it seemed very unmachine like. And in terms of like the conceptions that we've had of AI, like why would we assume that a, a machine intelligence would evolve the same way that like life has evolved? I think you're wrong on that. Um, I think we have central control of machines because we need to control them not because it's more effective like if we didn't need knobs to turn then it would be better to have them you know internal have them be software defined like you know what i mean i don't know if i no nobody's following me here. yeah i I don't quite i i guess it just seemed like like why doesn't you know why doesn't the machine why don't the sentinels also have the personality of agent smith also have the personality of the oracle why are there distinct programs that have different points of well, view i in can this? give you an obnoxious answer which is that the storytelling of the movie requires it be that way <laughs> thank you yeah. uh, but I, I understand what you're saying because like you know I, there's there is 
uh, talk out there, there there is thought to vote the the idea of God AI. I'm sure you guys right. know about this, which is it's a fascinating. It is fascinating. Explain idea. it to me because I'm not I'm not okay. super familiar. So we talked about it. it's the singularity, basically, that you're talking. Yeah, about. Yeah, though I feel like singularity is it's like applied to so many yeah, so many different things. I like I read it in all these like pop pieces about like AI and technological yeah. advancement. Well, like I don't even remember on. what it's for. For people listening who don't know what this is, Sam, you explained it in like an earlier conversation that then got cut. So if you would explain that was how Alan. long are these episodes? <clears throat> They're yeah, like eight hours know. long. Oh yeah. So but, but, but so but, so Alan, why don't you explain the singularity since you work in machine intelligence, right? Like this is your yeah, your wheelhouse. Definitions of, yeah. of the singularity, but but the one that I think is makes the most sense is like the singularity is the point at which you can build an AI which can build an AI which is smarter than itself right because at that point you'll just have exponential increasing in in AI intelligence basically which is chilling Artificial right like the thought of that is terrifying there's another sense in which it means like that human intelligence becomes augmentable by machine intelligence right and so it's sort of the same idea that you're talking about but um, I've, heard, I've heard a third definition which is kind of weirdly more poetic and it's um the point at which the lives of one generation are completely incomprehensible in all forms to previous generations that's interesting that's yeah. interesting yeah i don't remember where i mean I that, yeah but, but I, think, me. I think these things are all kind of the same it's basically a point where you go from what right. looks like linear growth to what looks like exponential well, i think growth, they're all right? like corollaries of each other yeah, yeah. Right? Uh, it's uh, like the idea is when you have one, you will have the others too. Yeah. Yeah. I also thought to me, I thought that the singularity before was like the William Gibson idea that like, it's the point at which you can perfectly upload uh, a human intelligence such that you're losing zero facets of it. Right. right. Yeah. I mean, these are all kind of the same or they're all connected. The ideas, yeah. Except Raph's. So it's a result of, so yeah, to bring it to Raph's point before about a God AI, what's the God AI Raph? So just very broadly, I mean, how could you possibly define that? You know, I mean, it gets into the idea of like, what is, what is, what is apotheosis? What is a God? What is it something deified? But I guess very generally, the idea is that you have a, a human created in, um, intelligence. I don't know if sure intelligence is a fitting word yeah. at this stage, but you have something that re- resembles in some way what we think of as being a god or or god there's actually a show airing right now where this is the premise timeless have you seen this i haven't seen no it. what okay. what channel is it on it's not great um but i don't know what channel it's on i watched well, it on online. it's it's such a, a a rough concept to to handle in a yeah. lot of ways i mean just like i'm i'm having trouble even defining it and i think that it it's conceptually very difficult to grapple with and i think that that what Asher's i mean i i, I appreciate your points and i i can see that would be such a mind fuck to see that in film. I mean, obviously this, whatever Sam's talking about isn't really living up to the stuff, but there's lots of material well, too. It's I, a con- it's a thing. There are lots of stories about that idea that you're talking about. It's an easy way to contemplate like, what is the meaning of God? If you can like bring it down to earth and say, Oh, it's that software running in that box. Right. <laughs> Fair enough. I, you know, it's again, yeah, it's, it's a mind blowing concept. Also like it, it's something that has been, on my mind a lot. I don't, I don't know when I first thought about this, but like, I don't know when, um, did you see first contact the star Trek movie? I don't, I know Sam, you're a big star Trek fan. I'm, I'm in the middle. 
are none of us are particularly like Trek devotee, right? I believe the word is Trekkies. Yeah, but Trek- I feel like that's offensive. You really, you, you, that's offensive. <laughs> that, that's the, t- the most the offensive the thing word. that I've said in this podcast taping. <laughs> Trek, what did you call them? Like Trek aficionados? Yeah, or? like like Star Trek fans. Trek adjacent people. Yeah, Trek adjacent people. Um, anyway, I, I don't know. When, when I saw like First Contact deals with the Borg, and I thought that that was such an interesting idea to me like where that came from because it's so like the creation of the Borg to me must have been something like oh well it's really lonely to be a singular intelligence right like it's it's really how much of I mean Jesus what we're doing right now it's like hi everybody who's listening to this like we're all communicating to you because we're trying to get ideas out of our heads because it's really lonely to be a solitary singular organism with a singular intelligence so, like, wouldn't it be amazing if we could find a way to collectivize that? How quickly would that become, like, a weaponized viral nightmare? I mean, you're talking about the internet. I can't, I get, yeah, there we go. Um, but, I mean, you, so I, we don't, well, what happens in the, what happens in the Animatrix, actually? Because, because I they don't, just I have, saw like, it, background I, stuff, like, oh, the war with the, the machines uh-huh. escalating. And, right. And the, um. Because it's not it like goes through the sort of historical. I mean, I just don't. It's like so we, you know, we create some sort of AI. Yeah. Do we necessarily? I, I, uh, do, do we necessarily need to need it to have collective intelligence? Like we don't, right? So no. So we create it, it might not have collective intelligence, and then, so why would you assume that it would evolve after that to have a collective intelligence? Like, I, I guess my assumption is because so much of what we're trying to accomplish as a species involves bridging the gap between our singular intelligences. And so you think that if you, we created AIs that were smarter than us, that they would naturally do that? Yeah, and because the interface would be a lot more conducive to doing that, I right? Mean, like if the AI communicates in a in a programmed language, it would be so much easier to say like, these are all of the things that I'm communicating or that I'm feeling right now. These are all of the thoughts that I'm having. And it's 100% true. There's no lie in it. It's just zeros and ones. But I mean... It's, so if you had one consciousness, one AI that had many bodies that it was manipulating, right? Like, would you call that collective consciousness? Yes. Okay, I wouldn't. I'd call that a single consciousness with many bodies, right? Okay, so like that's not mind body problem. This has been <laughs> the philosophy has dealt with this for, for yeah, oh yeah? For, <laughs> for a minute. <laughs> this is for, uh, <laughs> at least, at least the past minute. couple, of, yeah, past couple <laughs> of weeks. I think. I feel <laughs> right. about this. Part of the reason we brought Raph Ren, into Ren, this. Ren, Ren, does Cartes, I think, Spanish <laughs> or something? Remy, that's Remy, a great I like Yeah, I think he Cartes also invented Battleship, up. right? The game or the movie? <laughs> no, he, he... He was Rihanna. He ate a Battleship. Oh, fair uh, enough. Well, I think, Asher, I think you're also thinking about this, you know, from the perspective of, like, 2018, where now we have so many connected devices, right? And we have Wi-Fi and everything. And at that point, I think that was maybe harder to comprehend, right? Like, like now it's just natural. Like everything is like that. Everything's connected. Right? Yeah. Well, I, I actually, it's been something that's been on my mind for a long time. Just, you know, and for those of you who listen to the podcast and don't know us or aren't friends of ours, like I worked as a musician for a number of years. I've, I've made music and, and it was sort of part of the, the exploration of like, what am I trying to accomplish by writing a song? Like what is, what are, what are like the mechanics of what's happening in this thing? If I have an emotional experience and I'm trying to craft it into something that's structured and makes sense. Okay, so on a personal level, I'm trying to deal with some thing that I have that's chaotic that I want to give a narrative structure to. Fine. But then what do I gain by showing it to other people? 
and and my thought the only answer that i could really comfortably come up with was like there's there's something that necessitates uh feeling like i'm not alone in these feelings right like that's why i would listen to other people's music that's why i would want them to listen to mine because it's some kind of like an attempt at networking our minds in a way i, I don't know or our experiences yeah or our experiences right i, I mean I, I feel what i i really feel what, like what asher's getting at is valid because you know the, the machines are um you know they pursue the premise of the movies the machines pursue power for power's sake they um, want to pursue omnipotence and omniscience. And so why don't they get to a collective consciousness? And I, 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 I don't think that, you know, you, you need to have the paradigm shift where now we have, we have Wi-Fi to get to that. But I think that it, it, that does, I mean, I think the idea is very powerful, but I think it is on the one hand unwieldy in some ways to express that like the idea is like yeah, yeah know, totally. the idea like they make these robots and you square off these like individual robots and you and the, the machine intelligence makes robots you square off with these individual robots and you defeat them in battle and um yeah that's a lot the, easier to conceptualize sorry yeah, to interrupt no i know it's fine i mean it's like i you know the limitations of the storytelling but i think i think that's actually also easier to implement like it it makes much more it's much easier to develop a bunch of unitary uh, entities than to coordinate, right? Because the complexity of the consciousness which would manage all of the bodies well, yeah. would have to be significantly more complex, right, than the single brain which only manages a single body. But I think we need to be clear about like what, what you mean by collective intelligence, right? Yeah. Like do you mean one intel like one intelligence that is like essentially one intelligence or a bunch of largely you know separate intelligence that are that are communicating in some way well see and and i was sort right? of because because i i would argue if you mean the the former then you know once you have a bunch of consciousnesses huh. i think that they naturally don't want right. to give up their sens- sentience right, right their individuality, individuality yeah. yeah yeah right I, I was i was wondering about that as well because i was sort of like okay so so if, you know, again, taking it back to the songwriting thing where I was like, okay, so then what's the, the natural end game of this, right? Like if we're all, exp- like, if we're all sort of like putting this work into this space in an attempt to break down these barriers between us. And I, have you guys seen Evangelion? Because that's a series yeah. that kind of deals with this idea. And uh, again, I mean, I guess it also is like, I think maybe Kierkegaard talks about it, but I really, this is your department, not mine, Raph. You didn't even look at me when you asked if people have <laughs> seen Evangelion. <laughs> I did not have look you? at you. And the answer is resoundingly no. But I've heard of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, have you heard of Kierkegaard? Or? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so part of the no. reason that Raph has joined us is because like sometimes when we fall down these rabbit holes of stuff, uh... Uh, we need someone to pull us out and Raph is on top of being just like a fire spitter with jokes uh, was a philosophy major in college and has don't hide me up like that. read up a lot more. I'm <laughs> yeah. sorry. Should I, should I t- <laughs> take your Raph is our friend. Take Everything your beard out of my dumb. mouth. That's why he's on the show. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It makes Raph us spit fire. Yeah. I spit hot fire. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So should we, should we ditch this, this rabbit hole for a different, time because i think there were some other things that you guys wanted to talk about i think you mean there's something that you wanted to talk about no we're not getting into that yet we can we can jump on it alan i I think my response is basically that depending on what you mean by collective intelligence if these ais are 
somewhat similar to humans, then there may be some issues, right, with with creating that. Like they may not want to give up a certain uh, or level like, of individuality. Or more right? like what process would lead to a collective intelligence evolving from individual intelligences? Like why would they want to join together? It doesn't make any sense. What do they? What does each individual AI stand to gain from no longer being an individual? The yeah. benefit of the knowledge and of the experience of all the other AIs within yeah, but, the network. But we yeah. know they can share that knowledge because they're digital, right? Alan, there was something you wanted to say about like uh, simulacra. Simulacra and simulation? Yeah. Ooh. Well, that that kind the, of wasn't that the name of your seizure thesis? Uh, well, no. <laughs> it's the name of a book. Oh, okay. Yeah, nice. <laughs> cool. Uh, so that so when uh, in an early scene when Neo gets the floppy disk out of a book, like he has a book that he's oh like, yeah that he pulls some pages out of yeah that like he book got from is Sky called Simulacra and Simulation. That's the book I was thinking of. Yeah, Never I wrote that book. Pages. Yeah, <laughs> um, wow. you must be really rich. And then <laughs> you, you got to meet Neo <laughs> <laughs> or Troy. Is he as great on screen as off? Yeah. Um, <laughs> what does he smell like? Did you tell him you liked him in John Wick? God, <laughs> not possible. Um, <laughs> you timeline. So what I was saying is, um, so that was a book written in 1981, uh, I think, by Jean Baudrillard. I don't know how to say French names. It's not in your notes. No, uh, it's not. I mean, yeah. Um, but, um, but basically, that book is kind of like the can the the missing link the missing link in the movie that's kind of just explicitly saying hey this is a this is a metaphor <laughs> like if you weren't sure about it huh. we are talking about society because that book is saying that we we actually live in a simulation like and not in a literal simulation like c- culture and media cause us to live in a simulation of reality huh. like we're not living in actual reality which yeah. Sorry. That uh, that's to be a little more specific about what you mean. If I that's can't. a metaphor. Okay. What do you mean? He, like you don't mean we're literally living in a simulation. What yeah. You mean culture? Li- culture we live in a version a of reality. We right. live in a version of reality that's created for us by media and culture. Ah, okay. That is not that at this point bears no resemblance to true reality. The parallax through which you view the. Stimuli of the world, the events of the world at large, is through the parallax and is, the prism. Is of it constructed media culture? Huh. To some degree. That's pretty it's rad. Also called sure. a paradigm. Yeah, I like Even that. Even without I'm, media, I'm though. super what was down. The, name of the author again. <laughs> yeah, I'm who is surprised I haven't come into contact with this? <laughs> Jean Baudrillard. 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 That's it. Rock and roll. Rock and roll. Okay. Um, and yeah, sounds them. delicious. Actually, <laughs> sounds like it has milk and <laughs> yeah. <melted> cheese <laughs> on it. Suck it down. <laughs> it's uh, kind of obvious that the Matrix is saying that, right? Yeah, I, but I, the book just—if you, yeah—makes it. Explicit, if you read the book, basically. that's that's cool. I I dig that. Yeah, I'm I'm into that. Um, also, yeah. other things. Uh, so I know that like. <sighs> This the fundamental premise of the movie, which again is like necessary to the movie, is that like the Matrix is what all the people are plugged into, so that the machines can use humans essentially as batteries and harvest power from them. I remember. Which didn't we have like an eight-hour-long argument about this? Oh God! High school, (laughs) you and me. Yeah, yeah. I think so. I saw Sam and Alan. I don't think you guys had an argument because I think you both agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Probably still (laughs) arguing. (laughs) Yeah. 
because they're like that combined with a form of fusion enables the the robots to survive without right. their previous yeah, solar power. They have all the energy they would ever need. Right. So is there, <laughs> is there a form of getting energy other than solar power? I'm not aware of any. Like, is there oh, anything? Yeah. There's no. stuff in the ground maybe that you can dig up. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just assuming there's something in the ground. You yeah, can I, use I, all these all these robots are oil water. powered. They already burned it all. I mean, it's possible. possible that they depleted it all. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um, what, about, what about hydroelectric? Yeah. <laughs> you didn't you think of that. the water too? You didn't yeah. think of that? Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't really make yeah. sense, they right? They're like, the we're going to you know, cover up the sun so they can't get any solar power. Yeah, we can't build but, uh, stilts. Yeah, but <laughs> stilts, right? I forgot we you were send, talking about the stilts. Yeah. We can't, yeah, we can't send rockets with solar panels into space. Right? right? They, they yeah. don't have rocket technology. I mean, Why apparently don't this AI is smart that? enough to build these fields of human human batteries. But stilts. Like, but we didn't think that they were smart enough to find some way around the solar power. Yeah, yeah. I think the only plausible explanation, if in, in the world of the Matrix is mm-hmm. that it's spite. That's why they did that. See, yeah, spite. Spite. Oh, yeah. That, right. that the robots wanted to say fuck you to the humans. Well, I'm just, but I'm yeah. just saying like... That it's like, we, oh, look, a slave race that will give us all right. the power we want and we don't have to worry about But spite's such or, an illogical human thing. Okay, um... That's a little speciesist. I don't know if I'm comfortable with. <laughs> yeah, my dog feels that. spite. <laughs> Zena. All right, fine. Humans and gerbils are very well. Very no, happy. I mean, I, I like. Okay, this is not in the movie, but my feeling would be that uh, those kinds of emotions are a result of complex thought, not a result of being human. Right? Like there could be capricious wolves. I'm sure that's a thing. You huh. see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's not our brains didn't evolve to be spiteful. That's just one way that a conscious being can act towards the world, and does on occasion, right? Yeah. I mean, the agents are like, you know, they clearly have not, personalities. Yeah, their personalities yeah. are not like hundred percent rational. Right. Yeah, right. Exactly. Smith definitely exactly. feels That's spite, and yeah. he describes it in his monologue where he's like, yeah. "I hate." This place. Just John McCain again. <laughs> <laughs> So there's like a bunch of online subculture people who talk about like evidence that we live in a simulation, um, that there's, you know, simulated reality and that we live there. I think it's the only theory that makes sense at this point. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. Yeah. We, we were, what's the theory? I wasn't listening. <laughs> that <laughs> that we live is, in the matrix. This is intelligently designed to be as stupid and preposterous <laughs> as it is. <laughs> that we live in like the it's home almost, improvement it's, episode it's, yeah, right. of, of alien simulations. It's like, yeah, it's, it's, like a, it's like a crossover episode of like every single thing that's ever happened. Do you guys do Big Bang Theory? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're going to go. I think it's been mentioned Bing on several Bing. episodes now. I feel like I just spoke the devil's name. Sheldon is actually standing behind you like perched and like the lights just went black and he's like his it's eyes like, are I glaring it's like red invoking evil to yeah. say those words <laughs> just don't say it three times in a row yeah be fine. well the next 300 episodes are just going to be big bang theory episode like we're just going to comment we won't even comment. like this is the one <laughs> where raj and howard <laughs> i actually legitimately i don't know if you guys know this but like raf outed me one of the first times we hung out with with carolyn and raf uh, Raph was like, oh yeah, do you know that Asher watches the Big Bang Theory? <laughs> and she actually legitimately got mad. She was like, I just can't look at you if that's really the truth. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, is that true? And I was like... It's a reasonable reaction. <laughs> yeah. It's one of yeah. the... It's actually... 
one of the strangest things about you. I, and that's saying a lot. You mean most <laughs> incongruous? Yeah, that's no, no, but I think I it's also, more sensible way to. Here's think my it, explanation for why Asher likes, it, and this is how I explain it to people who, <laughs> who cannot. So like my experience of Big Bang Theory is like I've watched it with you, and it's like having an ice cream headache for 28 minutes. <laughs> but I explain it as like Asher sees this not as a situation comedy. But as like seriously mentally ill people who like, <laughs> happen to have a show, and like <laughs> yeah. it's actually just like very very dark. It's yeah, like it's a, a documentary docu- documentary about like really like not emotionally okay people. <laughs> like, Someone who and, is about to just go postal. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's like the calm before the storm. It's yeah. like they thought all they thought it was all normal. It's like a suicide pack show. That's how it's gonna end. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a suicide oh pack. man. Yeah, yeah, I I sort of I explained it to Mark someone. Mark Vicarini eats eats the brain of. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Sheldon eats the other guy's brain. Yeah. Okay. Right. Um. But Eagles, so Eagles online man. somewhere <laughs> there is uh, there's somebody who wrote on a message board once that we live in the Matrix, uh, and I sort of I thought like the idea that we live in a simulated reality is interesting. Um. I I don't know. Do you guys have evidence for that? Like. Uh, is this a tedious topic for me to bring up? Uh, do you guys think this is really stupid? I, actually, I think it's great. I think it's academic. Like, yeah. How so? Well, Talk about it for an hour. I mean, if you could design <laughs> an experiment that would prove it, if if you could even conceive of such an experiment, I might be more interested in talking about it. But, like, first of all, if we find out that we live in a simulation... Like, it's not like you can get out of the simulation. Yeah, right? uh, and why would you want to? Well, maybe you could. Uh, well, Neo did. I mean, Neo <laughs> did, but... but With I, the help I of other think, people. I don't know. I just... It's just... Uh, I don't buy it. Like, our whole universe would have to be a simulation, first of all, right? Not so... No. No? We could... Yeah, because be we, nobody's going to the other parts of the universe to be like, oh, this part, I reached it, it's a simulation, or like it's it's not a simulation, like we're here. Yeah, they just need to be simulating like what we consciously, what all... Yeah, it's yeah, like No Man's Sky, right? Experience. Yeah, I just... But you I, need to make sure that everything I guess I like, more so mean that like I don't buy the idea that we're in a simulation and our brains are plugged into it. Like if this is a simulation, then, uh, then we are virtual, right? Our whole experience. What our, do you not buy that? Why do I not buy that because it's like like we said the only reason to do that would be spite like what other why would you oh have a whole planet full of human beings and wire them all up to a simulation actually maybe you you know were tired of your old life and you were like give me a new life in the year oh, you think like i opted to be in the simulation to be like born into i think that's the only thing that makes sense well, actually I money back <laughs> <I guess. laughs> I thought of another reason why the machines would plug people into a simulation, which, again, I was sort of surprised that they didn't have this sort of forethought to think that this would be a much more interesting reason, is that, like, maybe the machines can't uh, synthesize in the same way that, like, an organically evolved uh, brain does. And so they use, like, the neural network of millions of people to uh, basically, you know, as a giant computational... (laughs) Oh no God! All right, about. yeah. <laughs> All right, good, hang good on word a sec. Salad. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say, like, I don't, I don't. I guess we're not going to go too deep into the simulation idea. Like, are we living in a simula- simulation? I just think, like, we can do whatever we want. It's it's very likely that if we are living in a simulation, there's no way for us to affect to change that fact. Yeah. And so why do we care? Yeah, I, I agree with you that it's and, very pointless. And more so, even if we are living in a simulation, like. 
shouldn't we still have the same goal in our lives? Like, shouldn't yeah. we still try to make the world we live in livable? Whether or not it's simulated. It's, right. Yeah. Like, we're still living in it. Yeah. In a way, right? I agree. Interestingly, this is, that is exactly the topic I wrote my senior thesis in college on. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. About, uh, you know, determinism and reactive attitudes. Mm-hmm. Peter Strawson is the name of the philosopher. It's actually pretty fertile ground. It's pretty interesting stuff. Cool. And, like, there was th- it's this idea... Um, which I think sort of ties into the matrix and some of the themes in there that uh, <laughs> it's like <laughs> e- if you're shown at the times world, did you mention the matrix in your <laughs> college senior yeah. thesis? Yeah. <laughs> Every footnote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have you seen the matrix? <laughs> if not, you really should. Nota bene. The matrix is a good movie. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the idea is like, even in the face of, you know, ir- irrefutable determinism or, being in a simulation could one act differently and i mean there's a whole long proof but the answer is basically no could one or should one could one could one not should could that's also like it ties into leibniz's idea of providence right in the idea that like Uh, right like this is the best of all possible worlds so like what is it that the guy says at the end of candide you know like uh, enjoy the, your time, basically. Like, work hard, because work is the only way that you're going to find meaning. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I really thought to connect connect the two, but I like it. Yeah. Boom. Okay, so we're all... We're having, we're having fun. We're having we yeah. figured out... We figured good out good times. Well, I, I guess... So, so just to jump back before we close it out, I mean, so the evidence that, uh, at least to me, uh, was always, like, kind of present, and, and, you know, Alan and Sam and I have discussed this many times over beers or or whatever it is that i drink to loosen myself up um water <laughs> lemonade <Caramel> tea. <laughs> yeah 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 the, uh, god the blood of my enemies um dish soap <laughs> <laughs> so uh, but uh, but basically like the the evidence that we live in a not a simulation but uh, basically like the the idea that there's there's sort of like three things that kind of stuck in my mind. And again, my understanding of sort of this advanced physics stuff is pretty cracked at best, but like on a fundamental level, like Planck's constant so that like at on a small enough scale, everything uh, pixelates, right? Like reality Sorry. pixelates. It's not really, they're not really pixels though, right? Yeah. I mean, Alan, you're the not one really with pixels. a PhD in, in particle physics. So maybe you can I kind of explain <laughs> what... I don't have a PhD in particle physics. What's your PhD in? Physics. Condensed matter physics. Thank you. All right. Yeah. You idiot. <laughs> Dumbass. Um, no, basically... Wait, 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 wait. Isn't condensed matter, matter particles? <laughs> no. That's condensed milk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 my bad. Sorry. No. Idiot. Um... <laughs> The right, the Planck length is basically like the shortest length that it makes sense to talk about. It's like the smallest length that we can talk about mathematically, right? Like under that, there's no real the. You could think of because it comes out of uncertainty, right? Like yeah. the positional uncertainty well, can't get any better than that length. Yeah, basically. Yeah, you could think about the universe basically being quantized at that length. That's like a reasonable way to think but about it. But not in the sense of pixels. Like, it's not like there's a grid of these Planck length size cells. And well, but I think the point off. is that you would never need to sim... If, you were, if the universe were a simulation, you never need to simulate it at smaller than the Planck length, right? Right. Like, well, yeah, that's certainly true. You yeah. wouldn't need to. Yeah. You wouldn't yeah. need to. Yeah. So, uh, that so there is a quantization to how much you would need to simulate, right? Oh, I see. And so that's the that. argument for 
we live in a simulation. Right. I mean, Which it's is a like, pretty dumb argument, but well, it's just yeah. <laughs> it's it seems some, like it doesn't have much evidence to back it up. Yeah, it's, it's uh, also so like then, there's not much of a logical thread there. Like, so, oh, this thing we observe is compatible <laughs> with the theory that we're in a simulation, sort of. And ergo, we are in a simulation. Right. It's so, a logical fallacy. It's not. Yeah. So <laughs> right. yeah, it's a little bit like the ancient alien people being like. That that could have been built by aliens. Therefore, it fits in with ancient alien theorem. Yeah, I'll give what? a dollar to anybody who <laughs> knows what logical fallacy that is. Actually, I don't. I, is I'm it not. post hoc ergo proctor hoc? Not precisely. Yeah, I, no, it's not. You're right. It's I. I can't do it. So okay. I. I'm sorry that I. Come to me. Have failed to get get your dollar. Um, yeah, so so the other the other info that I was thinking about that sort of well, it, it, there's another argument for that we live in a simulation, right? Yeah, there's a, there's a few other pieces of information, right? Like so so the other piece of information that sort of speaks to the idea that we might be in a simulation to me, and again, I really was uh, was particle wave duality in that when something is like that observation collapses a quantum state, so essentially like when left unobserved the particle will go through i mean the 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 dual slit experiment for those of you who haven't seen this and there's a really really cool uh explanation of it on youtube which i think i referenced in maybe in an earlier episode so i'll put that on the show notes for this episode as well um where this professor at yale basically talks through the the dual slit experiment and then the math behind it which is essentially that like uh given two places that a particle could travel through it it travels through both until it hits the back wall, at which point its path has been determined sort of ex post facto. My understanding of this is kind of lousy. <laughs> Alan, can you explain yeah. this a little well, better? Yeah, I think the the main interpretation of quantum mechanics is that basically that there are particles exist in quantum states, which can be superpositions of, of multiple states. And then they, they only... The wave function... <laughs> <laughs> that using, defines the existence. Using a lot of terminology here. Okay. Like the wave function, which is... The quantum state is defined by a, a wave function, which collapses when you observe it. So basically what that's saying is that... Um, I mean, the the way that you could think that we're in a simulation from that is that uh, basically the universe only needs to be simulated... or You only needs to... Um, you only need to simulate the universe when um, something is observed. Exactly. Right? And yeah. and and before that, um, it's you know so that yeah basically the wave function collapse is is the observation. But uh, even oh, that, so the idea even being this doesn't really. Yeah, I mean, know, I, because you could do that anyway. I, I yeah, like, I, again, it's it's the same <laughs> as the other one where it's like this is evidence that if you had this view, you could fold it into your view and they would be compatible. But it doesn't necessarily point yeah. to. But the it was view. like it's like I'm saying called? it was like I was saying right like like even if you're. That's like a really common mistake that people make. Logical fallacy that Yeah, like that this this evidence fits my theory. Therefore, therefore my, theory my theory is true. Is correct. But that's like the opposite of what you want to be trying right. to do. Yeah, exactly. What do you call that? The like Yeah, the, you the, the fitting the, the evidence method, or like using the evidence to the InfoWars method. Yeah, I don't know. It's um, but a- anyway, yeah, I, I don't know. To me, that was it was kind of interesting because it's so similar to the way in which you know we program, like a programmed world, right? I mean, like uh, like No Man's Sky, where like 
there isn't actually like a database with all of the planets on No Man's Sky, which for those of you who don't know is a video game that's kind of like the the size of the universe where like you can travel infinitely and never run into another player no matter how many players are playing it. Um, sort of, yeah. Yeah, it's but it's procedural. It's not really the totally analogous, but. I mean, uh, yeah, Sam, you're the programmer. You, I mean, you guys are both programmers, but jump in if you want to sort of no correct my idiocy. Not, no Man's Sky would not exhibit that behavior is what I'm getting at. Like, whether or not you observe a planet on No Man's Sky, it's still going to be in the same state when you arrive. There is no probabilistic thing going on there. It's all deterministic. It's just not. But Exactly, and that's my point, right? Like, you don't need uh, this. <laughs> you don't even need the idea of a wave function collapse to say, right. hey, maybe if we're in a simulation, all that gets simulated is what we observe. Right. Huh. Right. right, exactly. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Right. Okay. Cool. So I'm not really sure. It <laughs> does, so basically... Really seem, it doesn't seem necessary. So we don't live in the Matrix. If you think we live in the Matrix, get a life or just continue doing what you're doing because it doesn't even matter. And in the face of meaninglessness, if go you, have a party. Have if fun. you think you live in I the Matrix, here's a test for you. Go into the woods, find a place where you can pitch a tent and no one will find you, and see how long you can stay there and survive. <laughs> What's that supposed to accomplish? <laughs> yeah. Then we don't have to talk to you. Oh, <laughs> oh, <okay>. <laughs> <laughs> oh okay, man. Go, go. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening to the show. Um, that was the end? I think so. Right? Does anyone have anything else to say? I want to tag something onto this. Yeah, please hit it. I I was enjoying, I I hope it doesn't get cut. I was enjoying telling the story about our innocent frolicking in Riverside Park after midnight on a Saturday, whenever it was, that we talked about the sequels to this. Um, And I was really gunning for the fact that there would be a sequel that would, you know, sort of explain that, you know, the sort of idea of man versus machine is not very. It's not a lot of frisson there. It's not a very exciting dynamic. You know, it's sort of like, yeah, they're machines. Of course they're evil. Yeah, of course we but hate like them. But like man versus God, man versus man, all those other, you know, uh, squaring offs that happen in literature that, make, that are really give us the, you know, the oomph of storytelling. It's like the meat behind the storytelling. And we didn't get that. Yeah, I was we really, didn't get I was that. really gunning for them to come out and say like on some level the Matrix is run by human beings. Yeah. So this is an evil thing yeah. for which humans are responsible for. I mean, that was there the, is sort of that is sort of implied, right? He mentions in in the first movie in the Matrix, he mentions that uh, the first versions were perfect, and that the humans in the simulation rejected it. But not, right. not it was the machines who were the facilitators. They yeah. Yeah. No, I'm just saying that. Yeah. And then later they expand on that idea. So the point being that there is like in some way the equation that they're writing works better if the humans have pain some degree of free will yeah if you don't if you don't allow them control then the whole thing falls apart yeah and so and yeah and exactly like create creating that suffering um which is i mean that's there's an interesting concept but uh the fact that it's done by the machines um sort of is not satisfying in a way um and it's actually i think it's funny because we I, i we i sort of got that uh, we got that sequel in a different form in Westworld, which mm-hmm. explores the same issues That's of man creating a simulation world and that being that evil world being an expression of man's inherent huh. lack of goodness and like what what that means on a very fundamental level. And so that is an interesting sort of like that picked up a theme of the Matrix. And this is also something we discussed 
um, before taping is like how, um, you know, uh, <laughs> I'm dude, I'm, I'm hanging on every word. I'm okay. just like, this is, this is rad. I, I agree Raf. with you that it's, it's pronounced Raf. It's pronounced Raf. My name is, yeah. My name is Brad now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Brad Raf. Catch no, I agree with you. Well, I was also thinking about in those conversations, I remember Alan th- talking about um, after the second sequel to The Matrix that that maybe indicated that there were multiple matrices or like levels of matrices, which I also thought would have been an interesting Wait, idea for them to explore. You don't remember that? Are you, are you saying that the movie implied that the real, I'm putting real in air quotes, the real world of The Matrix stories is actually Another Matrix? matrix? Yeah, basically. I, I don't know. It was something that Alan brought up when I think like I hate that Neo brings his powers That's into stupid. the right, real air Neo, quote right. world. Oh, like, right. oh, I love that idea. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. I think just <laughs> they, note, they just blew that, it. Just to footnote it here. It'd be just for the listeners, anything Sam says is in air quotes. <laughs> every word, every word is in air quotes. That's true. <laughs> oh, God. That wasn't it, you, um, don't need to say it. Yeah. So it just, all right. It should be implied. Thanks. Uh, sweet. So is there anything else you guys, anybody else have any thoughts? We can Alan? talk about the Jesus stuff. Nobody wants to do, do that. We, do we, <laughs> I mean, we're four Jews. Are we really going to be talking about Jesus? I think we're qualified. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. No, that's tr- that's a good point. Raph makes a good point. Yeah, I know. What Jew doesn't we're love Jesus? We're overqualified. He's a very successful Jew. <laughs> is, he like, made his mother very proud. He wrote arguably like the most successful help self-help book of the ever. <laughs> of the diaspora. Yeah, you didn't yeah. write shit. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Are we cutting what that? Or? No, we just have I think to it's add I don't, yeah. <laughs> just I don't think bazinga that's debatable. <laughs> just bazinga that. I don't, think I'm, I don't think I'm wading into any sort of like theological. Oh, really? You don't battle. think Billy Graham's going to come after you? It's like Jesus wrote. <laughs> From beyond wrote, the grave. He wrote Twilight. He wrote the Da Vinci Code. <laughs> well, that explains so much. Oh, God. It's an autobiography. Oh, man. All right. Uh, cool 50 shades of gray thank you guys so much for listening to the show um you can follow us on twitter i'm at asher lack i'm at case of piles i'm at highly affiligent spelled weird I'm on no social media. <laughs> lies. Zero. It's lies. Um, Raph, I think I you have a Tumblr. I'm not telling you what my Tumblr is. <laughs> <laughs> I also think you're on LinkedIn. You can follow like me on LinkedIn. LinkedIn. <laughs> you can follow me at LinkedIn at LinkedIn.com slash Elon Musk. <laughs> oh, by the way, I, this is, I was going to mention this. Oh, we're talking about oh, crime no. now. I'm so excited. <laughs> no. Grimes, yes. why did you do it? <laughs> no why more Grimes. No, no, never that, again. No, no, no. All right, guys. Um, until next time, this has been uh, Pod Jerks. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. Peace. Bye. I'm never coming back. <laughs> <laughs>